Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. song to open up today's show. Welcome everybody, Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now. How soon is now? Why not? Welcome everybody, Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, Spire Lease, your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, it is a Tuesday, that means we get one hour of Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. They just wrapped up the uh, Canadian Derby out at Century Mile on Saturday, their largest handle ever, I am told, so that was good uh was out there there were a lot of people there i gotta be honest with you i don't know if they can get uh you know somebody said well could they get a couple hundred more i i i gotta tell you there were a lot of people out there several people took the time to come over and say i saw brian hall there wow that was uh, great seeing halsey out there uh, but, uh, yeah, Horse Racing Alberta have live thoroughbred racing Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. More information at thehorses.com. So Mark Spector will join us 1230 to 130. Washington Capitals color analyst Al May, who uh, was born in Barhead, Alberta, and is a former member of the Canadian Athletic Club, he, too, will join us on today's edition of Oilers Now. We will tell you that uh, Brendan Escott is here. Hello, Brendan. How are you doing? Things are good today, Bob. How are you? Things are good, hey? What's no, going on? Why, why are things are good? Final slow pitch game of the season. Sun shining. Now, the, are you on a 6.30 Chad team? or No, nothing nothing work-oriented. Just uh, just a beer league. Just a beer a league. Player. I was in restaurant league slow pitch <laughs> uh, back in the day. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. What position? Uh, I played center fielder slash rover. Okay. I'm, I throw left-handed, so I, I was not allowed to play third base, second base, or shortstop. <laughs> where, do, where do you play? Uh, I'm a little bit uh, of a shortstop myself. So you're uh, you throw right-handed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Michaels would play. Uh, he plays uh, shortstop as well. Uh, yeah, we had a we had, we had a good time back in the day. It was a, a lot of fun. I, I know a lot of people love uh, slow pitch. Um, we're going to serve up some fastballs, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, Brendan, when you put the tweet out. Uh, after yesterday's show and our ongoing discussion, how soon is now, why not soon? Uh, you know, the discussion point sort of revolved around Patrick Kane, and I don't know about you, Brendan, but I, I, I'm a little, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit surprised. Like, I'll give you an example. I just I, I took a look at the upcoming uh, rookie tournament that we're going to go to in Penticton, and the tournament's going to have the Vancouver Canucks, the Winnipeg Jets, the Calgary Flames, and the Edmonton Oilers. 
The uh, the Jets have four first-round picks over the last four years. Two of their players are in NCAA schools, so they won't be at that tournament. Not sure if we're going to see uh, both Cole Perfetti and Vili Hanola uh, at the tournament. The Vancouver Canucks um, may not have a single first-round draft choice at the rookie tournament in Penticton. Calgary could have a couple. Connor Zeri and Jacob Pelche uh, played last season and stocked a good chance as they both came out of junior the year before uh, that they'll end up at that tournament. Coronado's currently playing at Harvard. The Edmonton Oilers, meanwhile, are slated to have four first-round draft choices in the Penticton tournament. This is the Edmonton Oilers who went into the third round of the playoffs. So Broberg and Holloway basically played their first year in the minors last year, so they're eligible. Uh, Borgo played in Shawinigan last year at 36 goals, 75 points in 43 games. Reed Schaefer, of course, a rookie, uh, slated to return in Seattle this year after a 32-goal, 58-point season, 66 games. So Edmonton, when you factor in Bouchard and McLeod, who are 22, uh, and a big part of the Oilers' future here, the Oilers are, uh, relatively speaking, a, a team with a decent prospect pool for an organization that, you know, a lot of people think, can we, is it fair to concede right now? I'll, I'll throw this out there. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The Oilers have finished 12th, 11th, and 11th the last three years. Are the Edmonton Oilers a top 18 based on the moves and based on factoring in that they ended up in the Stanley Cup uh, Conference Finals this past year? Are they, I have Edmonton and Calgary in the top eight. So, you know, those are, for me, the top two teams in the Pacific Division. Brendan, what do you think? Is it fair to, to say, yeah, they're a top eight team? Like, you know, they, they should be penciled. In theory, they should be a top eight team to start the year? Yeah, without a doubt. I think they earned that right by making it to the conference final last year. And uh, not only that, but shoring up some positions that I think a lot of people were expecting that they needed to. So, all right. So, we're conceding they got a decent chance to be a highly competitive team. They're probably, for most of the... Gambling sites out there, I don't know, what are they, the fifth or the sixth highest favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year? Obviously, Colorado is going to be a significant... There's a lot of love for Carolina out there. I, I that's, an, that's another conversation for another time. So, I mean, Edmonton's got a competitive team. They're in a win-now mode. They've got a fair amount of decent depth, like Bouchard, McLeod, Broberg, Holloway, Borgo, Schaefer. It's five first-round picks over the last five years uh, that are in their organization. When is the right time to potentially look at trading a 2023 first-round draft choice? Now, saying that, we know that Ken Holland went to the uh, Holinka Gretzky tournament in Red Deer. He was there, and then he was at the uh, first uh, week of uh, the World Junior Championship as well. And by all reports, the 2023 draft year is supposed to be really deep. But I don't know about you, Brendan. Like, if I'm looking to do something and potentially move in that 2023, I want an impact guy back. Like, I want a guy that's a difference maker. And so we, 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 I was a little bit surprised yesterday, sort of on the text line, on the Ashley's Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com. A little bit surprised that there was as much pushback on the concept of going after a guy like Patrick Kane. And again, it would probably cost you four uh, potential assets, including a 2023 number one. And you might, you likely would have to move another pick to, to get a third team involved to knock down the price point on his $10.5 million 
cap hit. Remember, he's only owed two point nine million the rest of the year. Were you a little surprised there was the sort of the, the negative? Well, you know, you can't trade this pick. Now, saying that, there's no wrong answers. It's merely at this stage of the game a theoretical discussion, and I would suggest uh, probably not an imminent one. I would make the argument that you might be better off if you do it doing it before the start of the season, not necessarily doing it at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that because then you're paying the premium price at the deadline. But I have a lot of time and a lot of respect for the argument that maybe more offense isn't what this team needs to get it over the hump against a team like Colorado, for example. Maybe it is more of a shutdown effort. Maybe it is more depth on defense. Now, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I can see where that argument is being made for sure. You know, you take a look at uh, what Florida did last year. They went all in and and they traded uh, Tippett as part of the deal to get Giroux. And they also gave up a number one to get Sherratt. And and they were both ended up being rental players. And those guys came in basically at the deadline, and then Florida crashed out in four consecutive games because they couldn't score against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I don't know. Uh, last year, I got told during the course of the season that Brett Kulak was going to be the target for the Edmonton Oilers. And actually, they had the Kulak deal done, the structure of the deal done fairly early on the trade deadline day, even though it didn't get announced. Frank Cervelli uh, from um, the... Daily Faceoff reported that the Oilers had Kulak, but remember, we waited for two or three hours. That's because Edmonton was trying to finagle some more uh, salary window to potentially add another player, who ultimately turned out to be Derek Broussard. I wonder if there's another defenseman type out there for a second-round pick. And saying that, I'd also suggest the Oilers got fairly lucky with Kulak, but they're pro-scouting, and the guy that was out east at that time knew what they were getting with Kulak as well because he'd done his homework. So is there another defenseman potentially like that that could be an add-on at some point? And then the other thing you have to factor in for Edmonton's Oilers' defense is you have Dave Manson here. And Dave Manson worked with Marcus Niemelainen. Dave Manson worked with Dmitry Samarukov. And Dave Manson worked with Vincent DeHarnay. And those guys, over the next couple of seasons, at least one of them has to be on the team by next summer, uh, you know, slated in the start uh, for the 23-24 season because they're going to need a guy on an ELC price point at that level. So, uh, again, there's no wrong answer. We're going to talk a bit about this coming up with Mark Spector. I've always liked Patrick Kane. Uh, he's a hell of a player. The first thing that you have to find out is, would Patrick Kane even want to come to Edmonton? Well... When you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you can make a pretty compelling argument that it'd be a good fit for a guy for a year. Okay? So, uh, you know, that's number one. Number two, your own guy has got to want him. Realistically, who's going to say no to getting Patrick Kane if you're a player on the team? Like, we have people out there right now that are kiboshing the concept of this trade that think, yes, Apolliarvi is a first-line player, which he's not proven to be at this stage, and they believe that Patrick Kane would be misspent dollars, which is, I you know, again, I'd still like to see where Pugliarvi is at 25, 26, but we're, we're, we're sort of sliding from 
prospect to question mark here uh, and a tough finish to the season with Paul Yarvey. He needs to get a bounce back if he is indeed here to start the year and right now it appears as though he will be. So again, we'll have this conversation. You can reach out to us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline 780-496-0063. Get ready to rock at the River Cree of Tom Cochran on Saturday, November the 5th. Get your tickets now at rivercreeresort.com. Excitement. Bet on it. Our top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Continue team building. Uh, you know, again, for me, I mean, if you somehow got Patrick Kane, how exciting would your offense be? And some people say, well, good defense beats good offense. The last time I checked, the one of the goals in the game is to outscore the opposition. And I do think that the orders can shave... A little bit down. I, I I would hope that Jack Campbell would be healthier than Mike Smith. He doesn't have to be as high-end as Mike Smith was in stretch. He just has to be more consistently available to the Oilers than Mike Smith was last year. Circling back to Kane. Yesterday, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network was on the show. As we go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault, for Frank and the group at Direct Workwear, specialized to work with your business, outfit your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. Here's Jack on whether or not the Oilers should explore a Patrick Kane trade. Well, you'd be foolish not to. I mean, if, if Patrick Kane is in play... You can't just say, well, no, I'm not interested. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's not like the guy is, you know, 40 and has tailed off or even, you know, younger than that and has had a series of seasons where the ability seems in, in steep decline. Uh, I feel like Kane's production, in spite of the wins and losses lately, has been right there. I, I haven't seen much of a fall off, and he is – you know, played with some guys that, you know, quite frankly, their ability does not match that of his own. Uh, I think you have to take a look. Uh, this guy still isn't even 34 yet. He is tough to hit. He has not been injury-prone, Bob. It's not like, you know, you're taking on a guy who's coming off a major injury or a series of injury-plagued seasons where he's missed a number of games. This guy has been durable. He's been productive. And by all accounts, in our conversations with Duncan Keith, you know, a very good teammate. So why wouldn't he fit in, and why wouldn't you investigate whether you could find a way? Yeah, and that's what you're doing, is you're taking a look at it. You're just not completely dismissing it. Now, there are some of you out there that are saying, what about Jacob Chikrin? And my response slap would be, you have Darnell Nurse as your first pairing left shot defenseman. And I know many of you don't like the contract. Well, if Darnell Nurse is a contributing factor to keeping one or both of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle here as their closest friends in the future... It's worth a little bit extra on that front, and I think most of you get that. The Oilers also bridged Nurse not once but twice, and they paid for it uh, when Nurse got his long-year extension done in the summer of where defensemen got long-term deals done. So you have Darnell Nurse, first pairing left shot D. You got a commitment four years, $2.75 million to Brett Kulak, and you've got another prospect defenseman coming in Philip Broberg. Okay, they're all left shots. You've also got Nima Linen and Samarukov. Like I, I, I get that. You know, I get the sense while you can never have enough defensemen, that's perhaps fair. There are surprisingly good depth defensemen currently on the market. Like I don't think Ryan Murray's a bad player. He's out there. 
He, we're talking guys that might be signing for $750,000 or under a million bucks. On the right side, the Oilers have CC, who certainly exceeded expectations for many of the fans out there last year. Uh, Bouchard, who's, if he ends up taking over ownership of the power play at some point during this year in the first half of the year, probably is a 50-point defenseman. He was 11th in the league last year in five-on-five scoring by defenseman was Evan Bouchard. And then you still have Tyson Berry. So, I don't know. I might be, well, for me, I'm more inclined to take the swing. And you've, again, six 22 and under prospects, five of which are first-round picks, Bouchard and McLeod from the 2018 draft, Broberg from the 2019 draft, Holloway from the 2020 draft, Borgo from the 21 draft, Schaefer from the 22 draft. Those guys are Oilers. But the 23 pick, for me, and I know it's a decent draft year, Ah, I'd be I'd be open to to taking a swing. When we get back, um, we're going to talk about something. We are going to read some of your texts, and we're also going to talk about something completely unrelated. To we've not talked about this topic or documentary yet on the show. When we return to orders now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. At this time, we're going to go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Drew Shamahorn and his staff, Edmonton-owned and operated, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan. Well, Carolina linked up with uh, center Paul Stastny on a one-year, $1.5 million contract. 36 years old now, but he still had 21 goals, 45 points in 71 games last year with uh, Winnipeg. Islanders GM Lou Lamorello not considering re-signing veteran defenseman Andy Green or Zdeno Chara, according to multiple reports. And Nashville has assigned Joachim Kemmel uh, to uh, JYP of the Finnish Liga. The Preds made Kemmel the 17th overall pick in the 2022 draft. Of course, he was just with Finland at the World Juniors. All right, Brendan. Uh, once in a while, we talk about Netflix docs on this show. And uh, Trainwreck was out a couple of weeks ago about the Woodstock 99. It was awesome. Did you see Untold, the girlfriend who didn't exist about Manti Teo, the former star linebacker at Notre Dame? Did you happen to see it? I have. This one has been ticked off the list. Yeah, what a story that was. Uh, I got to tell you, when I watched him play, first of all, Notre Dame, in my opinion, might be one of the most overrated football programs in the NCAA over the last 25, 30 years. Even even all the way back to when they uh, Lou Holtz was coaching them and they beat Miami a couple times at home, they got every call in the book. But there has always been this sort of mythology around, you know, 
um, win win for the Gipper and all that, Rudy and all that kind of stuff about Notre Dame. So I didn't ever think Manti Teo was actually that good. Of course, I'm an SEC snob when it comes to college football, and Alabama just shellacked Notre Dame 42-14. That said, when I watched that documentary, and I would recommend, to, and we won't elaborate too much into it. People can form their own opinion. Uh, the, the tone of forgiveness that came as a result of that doc was sort of what struck. Like people make mistakes, and people do some things that are. I mean, I've I, I've had people reach out, pretend to be somebody they're not. Uh, on Twitter, as an example, and you dig it. I always want to talk to the person if they, if, if, if because I want to hear the tone. It's tougher to to have a those sort of con- But man, oh man, that story is something. But I never thought he was going to be that good of a player. So when he was talking about his NFL career in his first three years and saying, I was like, dude, you just weren't that good. Like I feel bad for you. It's horrible what happened. It's great you're at the place you're at now. But he was just an average linebacker. Like he wasn't. You know what I mean? He wasn't explosive. And like when you watch guys from Miami back in the 80s and 90s or Alabama and the speed pace that they played with, I guess that was my thing with Tao. What did you think? I mean, he was a Heisman finalist, so don't discredit him too much. Somebody thought that he had some wheels. I couldn't even remember the third guy. I had to look up the third guy. And and that was the year Johnny Manziel won. That's right. It's a bad year for Heisman. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, like, it just blows my mind that the other party involved in this story, first of all, uh, acted with such a a lack of accountability. 100%. A lack of accountability and and is essentially, you know, not to spoil too much, but seemingly unpunished for most of it. Yeah. It blows my mind. It doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. It's just... Put it that way. Does not surprise me. People should watch it. Form your own opinion. Uh, I will say this: I developed a lot more respect for Manti Teo as a guy, as a person, after watching the documentary and seeing how he. Had, it may. I, I was unaware that he was Mormon. I was unaware that he was a Latter Day Saint. Going to Notre Dame, I can't envision what that would have been like. Um, but it's a pretty well to do, uh, well done story, and. Uh, uh, fortunately, to this point, I haven't been catfished. So uh, I didn't even know back in 2012 what the hell that was, but it's quite the story. And we, it all came out through Deadspin early, uh, dead early in 2013. Off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta.